Welcome to Essential Voices, proudly brought to you by qessential.co.za. You're about to hear news, views, music, and more, all from a quintessentially South African perspective. Here's the news. Quintessential local news this week. This week, we start off the news with KZN Province, where the community of Guatlati near Ladysmith had their chance at the Diamond Rush. The KZN provincial government has noted with concern the illegal mining activity taking place in the area. Like Mr. West said, I hope your diamonds are forever, KZN. In a media statement, the SABC alerted the public to the end of analog broadcasting proposed for April 2022 and moved to digital platforms. For those without decoders, have been advised to inquire at the nearest post office for a government-subsidized decoder. Remember the story of the Timbisa 10? Well, this week, the story got interesting by the moment. It first broke out that the mother Khoisia Masitola gave birth at Mediclinic Med Forum in Pretoria, then moved to Steve Buick Hospital. Both hospitals have denied and cleared up that they have no of the birth. The Sotezi family released a media release with doubts of the birth of the 10 children, which father had relied on information coming from WhatsApp. Later in the week, Sotolo was detained based on the alleged false information at the birth of the children and their whereabouts. And remember in 2020, there was that tweet where a mother sent her child to school or Savannah Lemon, non-alcoholic. Well, this tweet has resurfaced and this time it has been dismissed as a fake post according to IOL who could not get hold of the mother in question. Youth Day came and went with the promises from the Tumamina camp where apparently unemployment for the youth would be fought with over 60% unemployment for those between 15 and 24 and over 40% for those between 25 and 34. Government is to establish a National Pathway Management Network SA, working with the likes of the NYDA, Departments of Higher Education and Departments of Employment and Labor to help the youth get jobs. Good luck to that. Also on the 16th of June, unfortunately, we woke up to news that Former ESCOM board chair and former acting CEO of ESCOM, Mr. Jabu Mabuza, passed on from COVID-19 related complications. Condolences to his family. And on that note, it has been over 15 months of lockdown and COVID in South Africa. The numbers this week have risen to an average of over 10,000 new cases a day. We had our family meeting this week, moving the country to adjusted level 3 lockdown, with alcohol now being sold on Mondays to Thursdays and non-essential establishments closing at 9pm. Stay safe safe kids and those enjoying lunches and dinners leave early sanitize and make that mask match your outfits thank you for listening to the local news this week with urukani zubingwa Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another week of Essential Sports. I'm your host, Zuko, and I'll be bringing you weekly news of what's happening in the world of sports. Let's start off with some football, shall we? Euro 2020. The games are truly underway, and hasn't it been exciting? After the first two rounds of the group stages, we've seen a few surprises, dreadful performances, and some more intriguing individual spectacles. Italy seems to have staked their claim for favorites in the tournament the italian team seem to have struck form at just the right time as they swept both turkey and switzerland aside with ease 
In more shocking performances, Spain failed to score against a Swedish side that looked ready for a beating. Luis Enrique, coach of Spain, thought Alvaro Morata could score goals. He is clearly a man of faith. Morata missed at least two clear open net chances. On the more bizarre side, during the Germany vs France game, Pogba accused Antonio Rudiger of biting him. Yes, biting him. If that wasn't odd enough, post the game, Pogba recanted the statement and said Rudiger had merely nibbled on him. You would assume that a grown man would not nibble another grown man while they play football. But then again, we once saw Luis Suarez purposely bite another player more than once. So maybe FIFA should investigate if Can Dracula is not giving football lessons all over Europe. In other more dreary news, Copa America, the tournament got underway this past weekend with not much fanfare. The replacement hosts, Brazil, beat Venezuela with a 3-0 win and Argentina started in their draw against Chile. The tournament is facing much pressure as 54% of Brazil Brazilians do not support the move to host in their country, which is a bit of an oddity considering how football crazy Brazil usually is. Even the sponsors like Diageo and Mastercard have pulled out. Now, on to transfer news. Arsenal continue to be linked with every football player with legs. Recently, the Gunners have been linked with a move for Brighton's Ben White and Leicester City's Madison. A move that would cost the club £40 million. It's becoming sad there at the Emirates, but we'll keep on watching. Hopefully, it doesn't get any sadder. In Spain, Sergio Ramos is said to leave Real Madrid. At 35 and mounting injuries, it will be interesting to see where the Madrid legend will end up. Now, Moving on over to rugby news, the Springboks are gearing up to play against the British and Irish Lions but before that they will host a few games against the Sharks, Blue Bulls and the Lions just to make sure they're on form coming into that big tour. Moving on off to Europe but staying at home, South African franchises have been included in a new tournament with European clubs. Teams who do well can qualify for the Heineken Cup. This could be a watershed moment in South African rugby as this could mean more money flow into the unions allowing for more investment into the clubs and grassroots. It could also stop the exodus of South African players to Europe as salaries could become more competitive. Reason being, there's a lot more sponsors and a lot more money flowing into the European version of rugby and this could really help take South African rugby from a commercial standpoint to another level. I'll see you guys on next week's Essential Sports. I'm your host Zuko. Cheers! This is Zenit with Zenit, bringing you all the entertainment news on Essential Voices. To stay connected, use the hashtag Zenit with Zenit, that is Zenit with Zenit, Z-E-E-N-A-T. So, let's get right into it. Warner Music has agreed to buy David Guetta's recorded music catalogue, striking a deal with the musician worth more than $100 million. The 53-year-old French DJ and producer behind hits such as Titanium and Playhard is one of the younger musicians to cash in on soaring demands for music rights from private equity groups and record labels. Warner will acquire Guetta's two-decade-back catalogue of recorded music. The deal also included an agreement for future recordings. The companies did not disclose terms, but the price was more more than $100 million 
according to a person familiar with the matter. Musicians including Bob Dylan, Blondie and Stevie Nicks have become willing sellers of their songwriting catalogues amid rising valuations and a lack of touring income during the pandemic. The deal-making frenzy has effectively doubled the value of songwriting copyrights over the past five years. There are a lot of movies about penguins and then there's these birds, Meet the Endangered African Penguin. This is the opening line of the new documentary series filmed in South Africa which began on Netflix this week. Titled Penguin Town, the eight-part series was filmed around Boulder's Beach in Simonstown and dives in to tell the story of its jackass penguin colony as they search for mates, food and shelter for breeding. According to information released by Netflix, the team monitored 80 nests across the area, narrowing it down to 50 pairs they followed closely during eight months of filming. Producer Kaylee Christo has been quoted as saying that watching the penguins was like watching a reality show like Love Island. Trevor Noah turned off the lights on his studio home and said goodbye for the summer at least. The Daily Show host recorded a relatively poignant message to the audience to announce his summer hiatus, which will see him go on break until September. How the comedian will return and whether he will return to the studio or in what form is unclear, but he did say that he will be back. Comedy Central revealed that the late night show will be off until the 13th of September. This comes two days after two live comedy shows in London and before a nearly 40-date US and world tour starting September 18th in Santa Barbara and running through to October 2022. Noah said he was pleased that he was able to make some people laugh during the pandemic and also joked that making some people so angry they wanted to kill him also kept him sane as he added a heartfelt thank you. And finally in some movie news, the hitman's wife's bodyguard posted 3 million on Friday from 3,331 locations, which now puts the Lionsgate Millennium sequel on track for 10 million three-day and 15.3 million five-day showing. Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson return alongside Salma Hayek, Morgan Freeman and Antonio Banderas as the action comedy franchise's ensemble expands. The original film, led by Reynolds and Jackson, was something of a sleeper hit in August 2017 when it legged out to $75.5 million in the US. Globally, the film hauled in almost $177 million or on a modest $30 million production budget. Let me know what you're watching, loving and hating using the hashtag SeenItWithZenit. Until next week, I'll leave you with this movie quote from The Terminator 1984. I'll be back. And now it's time for IQ, International Quintessential, news where we take a look at what else is happening around the world. We begin by looking at Australia. After a three-year-long drought in the country, a new plague threatens crops and livestock in the New South Wales and Queensland part of the country. A plague of mice. In the worst population boom in nearly a decade, millions of mice have descended upon farms in Australia, devouring harvests and farms as well as destroying machinery. And anything that is not eaten or contaminated contains mice droppings and urine. According to Vice News, some farmers have resorted to burning entire silos of grain to escape the infestation, while others have tried creatively to trap the mice by blowtorching them or baiting them with a government-sanctioned poison called zinc phosphide. The population control efforts have taken an economic toil, with some farmers 
spending upwards of $100,000 on bait. CSIRO mouse expert Steve Henry told Vice News that people are literally tying strings around their trousers if they're walking through mice because they don't want them running up their trouser legs. At present, Queensland has reported 78 cases of leptospirosis, a disease known to be carried by mice that can cause kidney failure, meningitis, and respiratory complications. And now over to Berlin, where 60 police officers were injured as squatters threw stones and fireworks during a riot in Berlin, Germany. Police had declared a restricted area around Rheigar 94, a left-wing squat in Friedrichshain in the east of the city, banning all demonstrations in anticipation of a fire inspection planned for Thursday. When police arrived to secure the area on Wednesday, they were met with burning barricades in the streets. Around 300 people threw stones and fireworks at them from the rooftops. The squats became hubs for the city's radical and alternative culture, in turn making once dilapidated areas attractive to investment, leading to a process of gentrification. Berliners have been struggling against the gentrification of the city for years now. The city passed a five-year rent-free freeze in January 2020, but it was repealed in April 2021 after Germany's highest court ruled that it was illegal. Rents in the city have since risen by a third since 2015. And now, sad news. Global warming may have already passed an irreversible tripping point, the scientists who led the biggest ever expedition to the Arctic have warned. Marcus Rex, a leading scientist who headed the world's largest expedition to the North Pole involving 300 scientists from 20 countries, said on Tuesday that the researchers had found that Arctic ice is retreating faster than ever before. Rex explained, and I quote, the disappearance of summer sea ice in the Arctic is one of the first landmines in this minefield, one of the tipping points that we have set off when we first realized that we were pushing global warming too far. Stephanie Arndt, who specializes in sea ice physics, said it was, quote, painful to know that we are possibly the last generation who can experience an Arctic which still has a sea ice cover in the summer, end quote. After obtaining more than 156 terabytes of data and over 1,000 ice samples, the team noticed that the spread of Arctic ice in the summer was only half of what it was since the beginning of the 1900s. Rex and his team further urged for more radical action to be taken in order to fight global warming. This has been IQ, your international quintessential news. And those are your essential voices this week. Have you heard our other show though? It is named the Quintessential Underground. Come and visit it, qessential.co.za forward slash underground. It has just been nominated for Best Internet Radio Show at the South African Radio Awards. And now playing us out, as we always do at the end of Essential Voices, is another up-and-coming South African artist. This week we wrap up with Lissa Heyman. She's a 14-year-old singer-songwriter and guitarist. She will be releasing her first EP with six original tracks, with music and lyrics written by her in the next few months. The first single from the new EP is called Moon Goal and is available on all major online music streaming platforms. Here is Lissa Heyman with Moon Goal. Woke up this morning, felt so out of control. All these pointless expectations everyone needs to uphold. And so much stuff is going on. And I'm just sitting on the sidelines thinking how to do my part. Out in the 
okay sometimes 